Hello, this is Matthew Yaling, and I'm joined again with my co-host, Patty Reinecke. Patty and I are back today with Phyllis Ramondetta. In the last episode, Phyllis discussed the importance of post-acute rehab care. Today, we're going to discuss returning to home after a catastrophic injury. Thanks for joining us, Patty and Phyllis. Thank you, Matt. This is Patty Reinecke, and I'm the Director of Client Consults and TPA Relationships here at Midwest Employers Casualty. And I work alongside Matt and also Phyllis. So we're very happy to have Phyllis Ramondetta here today with us. She is one of our senior national catastrophic medical management consultants. She has been at Midwest for a little over three and a half years, and we're happy to have her here to share her expertise in handling the catastrophic claims here at MEC. So Phyllis, welcome. Thanks a lot, Patty. I appreciate being here. Thank you. So Phyllis, our goal here at MEC is to help our injured employees gain the highest level of function and also independence. And one of those goals would be returning home. So can you talk about what kinds of criteria need to be in place for a injured employee to return home? Sure. Well, we're speaking of catastrophic injury, which we all know can be very devastating and life-altering. The first thing kind of you have to think about returning home is that's something that you want to start looking at like day one, right after the injury. You have to start thinking about their home, their family dynamics, you know, their culture, where they live, the type of dwelling. All of those things need to be kind of considered almost right out of the gate because it's going to matter in the long term on how the trajectory of them getting home. So that's the first thing. But after a rehabilitation is complete, the person is going to need to go home, hopefully, from this injury. Sometimes they end up in a, in a different skilled care center, but if they go home, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be in place before they can do that. So while they're in rehabilitation, they're definitely going to require an occupational therapy assessment of the required durable medical equipment, the supplies that are going to be needed, especially for folks that have a spinal cord injury, because there is a myriad of equipment that that patient is going to need from a hospital bed, specialty mattresses, perhaps a standing frame, all sorts of uh, DME equipment to include things like um, tub and, and shower chair. They may end up having to have a bedside commode. There's a lot of things that go into preparing an injured worker for, or an injured employer for going home. But the, the main thing is that they're going to need to have an assessment of the home health care needs. So if you've got a spinal cord injured patient or you have a brain injured patient that cannot be left alone is going to need attendant care, we need to know that moving forward. So in the rehab center, you're going to have to have that physician directly assess the attendant care needs, in which case it could be a couple hours a day. It could be 24-7 if it's a quadriplegic. So those things need to be taken into consideration before home. Family training, if there is family involved, is essential. While the patient may have home care, they, the family will be still be an integral part of their daily routine. So it is very beneficial to have the family that's it, training, which goes back to, you know, the type of rehabilitation they had in centers of excellence and those kinds of things. They will provide that family training, which will assist that injured worker or injured employee when he goes home. The other thing is psychological issues. When you're looking at a brain injured client or if you're looking at a spinal cord injured client, psych psychological issues can rear their ugly head. And psychological services 
if the patient is demonstrating difficulty coping with this, which of course they would, psychological services should be in place or at least considered before they go home so, so that they don't get into a deep depression and, and have an anxiety that gets to the point where it's impacting their, their daily life. Then once they're home, you know, occupational therapy, physical therapy, either in the home or on an outpatient basis needs to be in place. Speech therapy, if it's an, a brain injured client. So those are the kinds of things we have to think about before, you know, the, the client goes home. Well, I mean, the, the list you just listed is very overwhelming to me just sitting here. And I've been through you know, hundreds of these types of cases. You know, you think about all the care and everything that happens in a hospital and a facility and the injured employee basically pushes a button or there's somebody responding to their every need, you know, and they're getting that stuff and it's their day is pretty well set with therapies and OT, PT, speech, their, their meals, everything. So, you know, with our, our vendor partners and with our partnerships with administrators, how can, how can MEC and how does MEC help facilitate that smooth, successful discharge home? Well, I like to say that we do a very good job with that. One of the first things that we want to make sure of, and when we partner with the on-site nurse case managers, is to make sure that a very good home modification assessment is completed with an ADA compliant vendor. And that's really important that the vendor that does that assessment does understand ADA compliance because we want to make sure that when renovations are done, they're going to be done correctly and with the modifications that are required for this injured worker to be safe at home. And that should happen, you know, fairly quickly after the person goes into rehabilitation to kind of flesh out the type of dwelling, what types of modifications might be seen, and what types of things that may, some pitfalls that might, that might happen. You want to kind of flesh those out in the beginning to make sure that we can get him to a a smooth discharge home. But once that modification is done, Midwest, we assist our insurers and our clients, but because we provide this CAT experience with dealing with these on-site case managers, you have to make sure that all your bases are covered. And one of the key linchpins in getting a catastrophic client home is to have a very highly skilled on-site catastrophic nurse case manager who understands all the nuances of brain injury, spinal cord injury, amputation, all of those things, Uh, you know, severe wounds, burns. Those are the kinds of cases that we really rely on our on-site nurses for. So Midwest has a very good relationship with the catastrophic nurses on our cases. And we make certain that all of those things are thought about prior to discharge home to avoid any sort of problem that might arise when, once they go home. We, we can also, Midwest also provides recommendations for our vendors for home modifications for durable medical equipment supplies. Vendors that we have tried and true, they are experienced in catastrophic injury. Very important to get vendor relationships that understand catastrophic injury because really it is different than just your regular DME or walker or bedside commode that might be needed. These people need specific equipment, supplies, and durable medical equipment. And you need a team that understands that. And we can help with that. The other thing is MEC facilitates conference calls with all parties. We discuss the best options to help make that transition successful. So we want to make sure everybody's on the same page. We want to make sure that all the services are in place before that person goes home. 
it, it makes all the difference in the world. And we also need to make sure that that family is comfortable with the injured client going home, that they understand exactly what to expect. And that is also something that the nurse case manager will work with the treating providers in the rehab center to facilitate. If the insured uh, allows the direct communication with the nurses, our CAP medical team will definitely continue to provide that oversight and continue to evaluate progress and kind of prevent the pitfalls by um, heading them off at the pass. So even after they go home, Midwest is a resource to our, our clients and our partners to make sure that everything continues to go well. And that if there is something that, that is, you know, surfaces, that it gets, that it gets caught quickly so that it doesn't, it, it can prevent hospitalization and costly treatments down the line. Yeah. And I, I, thanks for that answer. And I think, I mean, I can't name the number of times we've been on a call where it's, like you said, very early on, and we're already recommending that the nurse case manager or the cat nurse go visit the family, go visit the home, see what kind of conditions we're dealing with, and thinking you know weeks, if not months ahead of time for that next transition and uh, eventual return to work and getting the employee back into that comfortable setting of their home. Definitely. A lot of moving parts take place to, to ensure that that return to home is going to be successful. So Phyllis, in addition to some of the items that you just mentioned, so many of the injured employees who do return home may need some extra assistance, and uh, some of that can be provided by a type of attendant care. So can you talk about some options that we can provide when it comes to the attendant type care that injured employees might need upon that return home? Sure. Again, there are a lot of different solutions to the problem. And depending on how many hours a day or what type of care will drive the type of home care that is required. So a lot of times you're going to need some unskilled care, which is something that's provided by the home health aid, by a home health agency. And that is basically someone that is going to able to assist them in their activities of daily living, like helping them get out of bed in the morning, helping them change, bathe, prepare food. Uh, sometimes feed the employee if they're unable to do that and provide any sort of physical care that they may need. The family can also be trained for the injured worker, depending on the jurisdiction. And sometimes they're compensated by providing the injured worker a stipend. And then that injured worker will pay their family member. So there will be continuity of care with that family member. Because a lot of times folks don't want somebody in their home all the time. And if a family member is willing and able and capable of providing that care, sometimes that's that's better situation for the injured employee. Again, this is all case-by-case basis. The other thing you, sometimes you have to think about when a family member does jump and say, hey, I can do this, is you just want to make sure that the care is going to be appropriate that they get and that they're not kind of doing it for secondary monetary gain. So those kinds of things, the nurse case manager can help you kind of judge but that's just something, just a pitfall sometimes that, that we get into. So you just have to make sure that that family member is going to be able to provide the care that's needed. The other thing that can happen is the family can hire what they call a PCA, and that is a personal care attendant. And they can hire them independently. And then again, the carrier will provide a stipend to the injured worker who would then pay the personal care assistant directly. And a lot of times that is a way to provide very good care. And it's also very consistent 
care. Sometimes with agency nursing assistance or home health aides, sometimes they're not reliable. Sometimes they don't show up. Sometimes they're, you know, not on time, those kinds of things. If you can get a PCA that is committed to that injured party, the relationship that develops with them is very, very genuine and the care that is provided can be outstanding. So that is definitely a win-win for not only the client, but also the insured or the TPA, because you're, you're not going to have to be worrying about, oh my gosh, this Susie, the home health aide, called out sick. What are we going to do? How are we going to staff it? Especially in these trying times with getting staff and home health agencies. So that is a, another important thing to think about our PCAs, especially when you need coverage for 12 hours or 24 hours a day in our severely injured clients. Thanks. What advantage does returning home or a discharge to home have over a long-term facility placement? Well, home, home is always best. And people will do much better at home emotionally, psychologically, and a lot of times physically. When people are placed into a sniff, especially people that have cognitive function, So you're talking about somebody that maybe is a quadriplegic and can't feel from the the chest down and has to have everything done for him or her. And they're placed in a skilled nursing facility and they're maybe, you know, 45 years old and then maybe they have no family members or whatever. That has got to be a horrible thing for them. Sometimes it does happen where that has to happen or that that's the only resort. But we try very hard to get these folks back to some sort of a normal life, some sort of a home situation. If they have no family members that they can live with or are willing to take them on, there are other alternatives. There's assisted living facilities where you can get skilled care in. Anything that can give them some independence is going to be better than a skilled nursing facility. That's not to say that, you know, there aren't patients that are going to require that. And I'm going to say perhaps very severely impaired brain injured clients that maybe have a dual diagnosis of spinal cord injury that are just so overwhelming to be able to take care of at home. You may not be able to find staff. They may not have family members. Those kinds of folks may ultimately end up in a skilled nursing facility. Some of the folks that maybe are very medically complex that, that are on a ventilator that require tube feedings that, you know, have paralysis. Um, and dual diagnoses, some of those are the folks that are going to wind up in a facility. But with what we have found at Midwest is that we can help locate the best possible situation if the person doesn't, isn't able to go home to help find and locate the best possible facility that can accommodate. Meaning if it's a brain injury, then we would try to locate a facility that handles brain injured clients, that has outings for those people that can give them a quality of life. So that is, you know, the last resort, but there is a place for skilled nursing facility, but we always like to see them to go home in some kind of independence rather than a nursing facility, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I agree. Home, home is, is the best place for most people. They, they want to be able to go home. Unfortunately, there are those horrendous injuries that don't allow people to be able to return home. But as you mentioned in your comments too, we are definitely trying to still find them the best possible care. You know, I'm sure that you're taking into consideration things like location of their family so they could be visiting and being with the injured employee, if at all possible, if they are unable to return home full time. 
Right, exactly. Phyllis, I know you have an example. MEC connects to make a difference. I know you have an example for us today of how you've made a difference in an injured employee's life. You want to take a couple of minutes and give us an example? Sure. Um, I had an, an individual who was about 50 years old and he fell from some scaffolding and he ended up with a very severe traumatic brain injury. And then after the brain injury, he had a severe stroke that left him paralyzed on one side. And we had on-site nurse case managers throughout this whole thing. And he was brought to a center of excellence, which was wonderful. Midwest helped him transfer over to NeuroRestorative, which is a, a brain injury type of uh, facility. He got a lot of physical rehabilitation, speech therapy. Uh, and at the end of the day, the family just, the, the wife was just not willing to bring him home. Now, at the end of his stay at NeuroRestorative, He was ambulating. He was able to go to the bathroom on his own. He needed some kind of checking in on, but he was doing really well. He still had some cognitive deficits, but he was very, very aware of his surroundings and he didn't want to be there because the people he was with were severely brain injured and he was able to do so much more than that. And he just felt like he was becoming depressed and he was feeling very, very, you know, lonely and he had a family that was about an hour away and his brother used to come and, and you know, be with him, you know, during the week. But uh, we had a, an on-site nurse case manager that I worked with extensively trying to locate a place that would make him closer to his family and be able to experience life because he, he really wasn't where he was. And we finally moved a lot of mountains, got the wife on board and finally were able to get him into a long-term assisted living facility that he actually has his own apartment. The nurse case manager actually went out. She helped locate furniture for him. She set up that apartment for him. He's got some home health aid assistance a few times a day just to help with, you know, bathing and that kind of thing. But he is out in, in his assisted living community. He is doing things. He goes out with his brother. His brother got him a a, a handicap-equipped bicycle, so he's using that, and he is so thrilled with his new life. So I think that with with it took a village. Our TPA sir, folks were absolutely wonderful on this case, coupled with our nurse case manager in Midwest direction. It really was a significant outcome for this gentleman, and I I, I feel really proud to have been involved in the case. Thanks, Phyllis, for that example. And thanks everyone out there for listening today to MEC Connect. We hope MEC Connect has made a positive difference in your day and stay tuned for future episodes of MEC Connect. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.